Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos, Mary Jane Barker, and Anders Hansen. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we focus on the strange case of a missing child from New Jersey and a terrifying Swedish serial killer. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number 1. Mary Jane Barker. At only four years old, Mary Jane Barker from Belmar, New Jersey went missing on February 25, 1957. The young girl was last seen playing with a four-month-old spaniel puppy at about 10.30 a.m. that day. She was on her way to meet her neighbor and friend, six-year-old Maria Frietta, who also happened to be the owner of the puppy. A while later, when her parents started looking for her, Mary Jane was nowhere to be found. She was reported missing to the police by 1.30 p.m. and immediately 
Many people feared that she might have been kidnapped. Police started searching the area close to her home and near the stream out back. They identified a set of footprints belonging to what looked to be a dog, a young child, and an adult male. They measured the child's footprints and said it was the same shoe size as Mary Jane's. Because she was so young, her disappearance sparked a huge response with almost 200 volunteers showing up on the first night to begin looking. Everyone there searched the area, and by the third day there were over 1,000 volunteers looking for the girl, hoping they would find some sort of clue as to her whereabouts. On February 27th, her parents, Mr. and Mrs. Frank Barker, appeared on television pleading to the possible kidnapper to return their daughter to the nearest church. Police interviewed Vern Lovering, a 43-year-old man who was a convicted child molester in the area, and he admitted to being near the Barker home when Mary Jane went missing, but he said he had nothing to do with the kidnapping. By February 28th, three days after she went missing, the FBI then got involved. They too interviewed Lovering and conducted their investigation after police received a phone call demanding a $500 ransom for the child. This prompted cops to appeal to the supposed kidnapper not to act in haste or harm the child. The disappearance was especially hard on the family since it was Mary Jane's birthday on the 28th and her father's on March 1st. The family was planning to celebrate their birthdays together. However, on March 3rd, the Barker's lives changed forever. On that day, her friend Maria, together with her mother, went to check the newly built ranch house next door owned by Maria's aunt. Maria opened a bedroom closet door and out came her puppy leaping towards her. Also found inside the closet was the dead body of Mary Jane Barker. She was slumped down in a sitting position on the floor and was wearing the same clothes she had on from the day she went missing. Curiously, the house was searched three times but no one had thought to check the bedroom closet. However, the police chief said he believes the body was placed in the closet instead of being kept there since the puppy seemed to have been fed recently. What's more, if the dog was indeed trapped inside with the little girl for several days, there was no sign of animal waste in the closet, despite the fact the puppy wasn't housebroken. Even more compelling is that during those three initial searches, no one had heard a dog barking at all. The door wasn't locked, but from the inside, there was no knob that the little girl could use to open it up. Mary Jane's body was autopsied the next day, and there were no signs of foul play found, neither were there signs of molestation. When they opened her stomach to examine the contents, all it had inside was chocolate milk, the last thing she drank before she disappeared on the morning of February 25th. To find out why the dog was alive and Mary Jane dead, the dog was put down as well so its stomach contents could be studied. Eventually, her death was ruled as an accident and that she had died from starvation and exposure. Because of what had happened, then-Mayor Cornelius Devenel ordered all closet doors to have a knob from the inside as well. Mary Jane's disappearance and the media surrounding it also helped lead to the first calls reporting the discovery of a murdered young boy in Philadelphia. Frank Guthrum, the person who had discovered the boy, had found the body the same day Mary Jane disappeared, but hesitated to report it. He eventually did, though, and it led to the discovery and investigation of what is now well known as the Boy in the Box, a story we have previously covered. Number 2. Anders Hansen 
We've all heard of serial killer nurses and doctors before, but Anders Hansen may be one of the first serial killer orderlies you've yet to learn about. Considered as one of Sweden's worst killers, Hansen once worked at the Malmo Ostra Hospital. His job was to provide assistance to long-term care and elderly patients there, but instead of helping, Anders would often murder them. He killed them slowly, one by one, and it's believed he started doing so in 1978 when he was just 18 years old. In one year, he poisoned 27 patients in that hospital. About 15 of them died as a result of what he did, while 15 others managed to survive but suffered physical issues along with mental anguish from the attempted murder. Hansen killed his victims by poisoning them using cleaning products that he carried with them for work, including Gevisol and Ivisol. These were chemicals generally used for sanitizing the hospital rooms. His murderous reign was large, but it didn't last long because after about a year from when it started, one elderly patient started screaming that something was burning her throat. When the hospital staff smelled her breath, they found out that she had ingested cleaning fluid and Anders was the last one in the room. The increase in recent patient deaths had hospital workers on high alert already and the community was even starting to suspect something was very wrong at the hospital. The staff then confronted Hansen and without much of a fight, he confessed to the crime and many others he had committed while employed there. In August of 1973, Anders Hansen was sentenced to a psychiatric clinic where he is currently still being housed. So there were two of the most terrifying and murderous stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe to our channel and support us on Patreon. We have two videos coming out every single week that we know you'll want to see. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you soon.